It is the first of the year for our interviews with Jamie Court, but we've been talking to our friend Jamie Court for many years, virtually since the beginning of the show, and here we are, 2018, visiting once again with our friend Jamie Court, back to regular schedule. If you don't know Jamie Court, it's spelled like going to court, C-O-U-R-T. Check out the organization. He's the president of Consumer Watchdog and online consumerwatchdog.org. Jamie's been with us for a long time, and we've been talking consumer issues. 2018 going to be, again, another tough year for consumers. Jamie, thanks for sticking with us on the Norman Goldman Show. Hey, it's uh, always my pleasure to be here. It's it's the last independent place in the media. Well, Jamie, I appreciate you saying that, and and I think a couple of our you colleagues can... can... Me on that too, <laughs> me. Well, you just said it on the air, and I think a couple of our colleagues, Tom and Steph and there's a couple of others, I think we can add to that category, but we are certainly small in number, but we are roaring, and Jamie, speaking of getting our voice out there, net neutrality, the FCC, even with millions of fraudulent, obviously phony comments, which I think would make a great lawsuit to see if we could overturn it simply on the grounds that their, their basis was defined effective, but that will take a long time. Assuming that net neutrality is gone, because it is, and the people enforcing it are saying there is no such thing as net neutrality, Jamie, I'm looking at a a landscape here. When the Democrats have the White House, they of course get the FCC with that, and they'll have net neutrality in Democratic administrations. And then, just like we're seeing now, when a Republican administration comes in, they'll get rid of net neutrality. And I'm seeing a giant ping pong game here. Jamie, is there a way that we can stop playing this kind of tennis match where it's, you know, back and forth on net neutrality or not, depending on who's in the White House? Well, there is there is the possibility that states could take up the mantle. In fact, we're seeing legislation in California to do that. Uh, and again, you know, this is all about whether or not you know you can be able to block a certain website. Let's say Google. Uh, let's say I'm critical of AT&T because I'm saying we need net neutrality, and they say, okay, we're going to block Consumer Watchdog's website. Without net neutrality rules, they could actually do that. Or you know, the bigger concern obviously is Netflix or a streaming service that right now. They have equal access, so we can stream those movies. But let's say the combined uh, ATT Time Warner, assuming that goes through, uh, is competitive because they got DirecTV with uh, an HBO, and they're competitive with Netflix. So they say we're going to cut off Netflix unless they pay a bigger ransom. Or we have Universal now with uh, uh, you know Comcast, and they they want to cut off uh, uh, faster speeds. They can demand higher prices for those faster speeds, and that translates to the consumer. I think this is something states can take up, and I'll tell you why. Because states have the right to say who does business in their states. And uh, even though there would be an argument if states passed legislation that it would be preempted by the Federal Communications Commission, the reality is states have taxing power. States do regulate you know, uh, certain types of uh, broadband uh, cable networks, and they do. Many states and many localities still have franchises. They still have uh, the ability to sign or, or not sign for a company to do business in their area. We lost that under certain deregulation. But there is a good argument, and in fact, the California legislature legislator has already announced he's doing a net neutrality bill uh, to basically say uh, we're going to restore the rules for Californians, and other states can take up the mantle, and I'm sure they will. This will be a defining moment. Uh, for the Democrats, because uh, these rules are really about civil rights. Whether if you're poor, you, shouldn't you be able to stream movies too? Shouldn't you be able to have access to speeds uh, that the rich people and the big corporations have access to? And I see no reason why states can't go for it. Uh, now, who knows what will happen with the Supreme Court if the push ever comes to shove? But there's strong grounds for that fight, and it's at least an even battle. 
Jamie, you know, it's fascinating to me, and it's been fascinating for a long time, how the public really understands net neutrality, and the public is really engaged and energized on the issue. A really broad consensus of Americans across the political spectrum really understand what's at stake here. I've been impressed by that from the start. I mean, we saw it when President Obama was urging net neutrality on the FCC, and they, of course, went along. There was 4 million legitimate pro-net neutrality comments from just regular folks. I've always been impressed by this. So I'm, I'm glad this issue is staying alive. And Jamie, it seems to me just from a kind of a civics and lawyers perspective that one way to solve this ping pong problem that I'm seeing now, we've already got the ping and the pong with Obama and now Trump, is for, for a Congress to put it into a law, enshrine it into a statute, one of the laws yeah, that regulate the FCC. And then, but you need a Congress with the political will to do it and a president to sign it. So that's entirely a political discussion, not really a legal question at all. Let me add to that, that if they do it, and they should do it, not only do they have to include the telecoms, uh, AT&T and the, the broadband providers, but they do what we had suggested when we filed our comments with the Federal Communications Commission. They should include what we call the edge providers, which is Google and, uh, and, and Facebook, because there are privacy protections under the same net neutrality rules that have gotten nixed. Those privacy protections said AT&T, the telecoms, they can't sell your info without your permission. That's pretty big. Uh, that's very big. Those were revoked along with this net neutrality rule. Well, Google and Facebook can sell your information without your permission, and they shouldn't be able to. They shouldn't be able to collect it, and they shouldn't be able to sell it. So I think Congress needs to really, on a bipartisan basis, take up this entire issue and do it not only uh, for the faster speeds and for the privacy rules that follow them, and, but, but to do it for all the huge players on the Internet, uh, the Facebooks, the, the Googles, the Amazons. Um, these, they all operate like public utilities, and they should all be regulated like public utilities, which was the idea behind net neutrality. And frankly, the Democrats didn't go far enough. So when we take this all up, let's do it in a real bipartisan fashion. Let's make this about you know, uh, civil rights and privacy rights across the whole Internet. Well, Jamie, you use this term edge providers, and that one really kind of got my attention. When you say edge providers, are you talking about people kind of companies i guess this is on the periphery of the internet not the actual internet service providers like at t well, and verizon but like google and it's amazon actually, yeah what is what are edge it's a, providers it's a legal term of art uh, that i shouldn't use because it's too legal but it it basically means companies that are as big as the at&t's and the comcast that technically uh, are providers of internet service and then google has lays its own fiber and has the and provides service and it connects people from end to end and it also transmits information from end to end so it does the same thing that AT&T or Comcast or Charter or any of these broadband providers actually do but it doesn't actually qualify under the FCC as a broadband provider but they're big enough and they're transmitting information and they are uh, controlling our information and they're doing it from end to end so it's a legal term that, mm -hmm. and it only would really encompass maybe a handful of big corporations in America, the two biggest being Google and Facebook. Well, it sounds like the distinction being made is who actually is operating the pipes that are the internet. The and so long, pipes versus right. the, the virtual uh, information that goes through the pipes. <laughs> correct. And so generally those edge providers, you know, might be also considered content providers like Google has, you know, YouTube and provides content. Sure. But in addition to providing content, um, they're actually owning some of the pipes because they do operate networks, and they are responsible for the transmission uh, of information 
between certain endpoints that are big enough and they encompass enough users and have enough information about users that we made an argument in a petition that was denied by the uh, Obama's FCC that they should be included in the privacy regulations for those reasons. Well, Jamie, there was one other point there that seemed very big, and I don't want to lose it. You said that as, along with repeal of net neutrality went rules that said they cannot sell our private information without our permission. I didn't know there were rules that they couldn't sell our private information. Yes, that came along with the, the second phase of the net neutrality uh, debate, and that's where we petitioned to make those privacy rules, which were uh, uh, undone again by the Trump administration, apply also to these uh other large internet companies that uh, are basically, you know, controlling our information on the internet, but don't own the pipes in general. All right. So it seems to me that with Google and all these companies selling our private information without our knowledge, I mean, Jamie, I see it all the time on the internet, right? They're tailoring ads for me based on where I've been on the internet. It's obvious to me. It's laughable, I think, at this point, uh, because I have no privacy at all online. Uh, but Jamie, let me switch us over to another hot topic that I know Consumer Watchdog has just gotten a, 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 another handle on, which is a topic we've been talking about a lot, robot cars. But if you're just joining us, please check out consumerwatchdog.org because at consumerwatchdog.org, you'll find the president, Jamie Court, and all his great colleagues. And we visit Jamie Court each and every week here on the Norman Goldman Show. And we've been talking robot cars and, and, and driverless cars for a long time. Consumer Watchdog's been leading the charge, saying we've got to slow down. Public safety's a big concern here. I echo those completely. Jamie, Consumer Watchdog today issued a big release on robot cars. What's the latest? Well, under federal rules, which are just laughable because they were driven by the robot car makers, the companies had to do self-assessments, safety self-assessments. This is what the National Highway Tra Traffic Safety Administration called policy for automated driving systems, uh, demonstrating, you know, that they're, they're, they they on a voluntary basis, they should be posting whether they're ready for the roads if they put them on the roads. And yet only one company, Waymo, which is actually owned by Google, has released a safety assessment of its own robot cars. And so, you know, the guidance said, you know, we're going to make it a voluntary standard. You want to put these cars on the road you should put them online and tell us why they're safe. Not a rule. And yet, none of the companies have done it, meaning they don't have the information or don't want to share it, which tells us when all the companies aren't publishing safety self-assessments that are described in these National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's policies, that voluntary guidelines just don't work. Uh, they just don't work. And, uh, you know, the agency spelled out these 12-point safety assessments for the developers of the technology in a document they published in September. And right now, we don't know because only one company has put out what is really more of a, of a more like a marketing brochure than a safety assessment. But it, it does drum home the points why we need enforceable motor vehicle safety standards like we have for every other car and why that has to be a priority for America. The one information we do have may be coming out shortly to tell us more about the safety. It is the mandatory reports that the California Department of Motor Vehicles published on an annual basis based on the testing of the robot cars in California. That's something our organization advocated for to make public. Uh, and we were successful in getting the DMV to release these reports annually. And every year they tell us a wealth of information about when the technology of robot uh, cars that are being tested failed and why. 49 companies have permits to test in California. 19 were required to file reports by January 1. Soon we're going to see 
how well these companies have performed and their computers have performed on the, the public roads. Every other year's reports show the computers really can't handle the driving without a human being there to take over. And we learn that every year while they're getting better, they're still not ready for the road. And uh, this year, I think we're going to see the same. And so pretty soon, we'll be able to do a, a little talk about what, what, what the actual technical problems are. That is our only window into the failures of the robot car technology because the companies themselves aren't being honest with the public. Well, Jamie, this is a real problem now because on the federal level, we have, as you indicated, laughable non-regulation, self-regulation. It's a joke on the federal level. Uh, and California, you've been at the forefront of Consumer Watchdog going back and forth, duking it out with the industry. Sometimes the California DMV gives you some victories. Sometimes they don't. Uh, and so on a, just from a state perspective, is there any hope for getting any kind of slowing down and more focus on consumer safety? from the states, principally California, or, or are we, are we stuck? We're going to get information, and we're going to get information. We're not going to, there's, there, there, I don't think we're going to see a slowing down of this race to the road unless the information uh, shows the dangers. And so let's see the information first. DMV did backtrack recently uh, on the idea that if owners of the robot cars uh, didn't follow the safety, uh, the operations manual, didn't inflate the tires, that uh, they would be liable for the crashes. That was something uh, General Motors wanted in the draft regs, and DMV took them out, thankfully, after we complained. Uh, and that was a big victory because it means robot car makers are at least going to be responsible when their cars cause crashes, and that's one way to hold them accountable. But other than that, I don't see this DMV under the Brown administration wanting to stop technology that's being developed in his backyard in the Silicon Valley, and largely they're giddy about it and not thinking too much about the deaths that could result if these cars go bonkers. Wow. Jamie, I'm really glad you're on this topic. It's a continuing topic. I've got a hashtag out there, no short attention span, and this is a classic example of it. This technology and this fight over this technology is not going to be won or lost in any given week. I'm really glad Consumer Watchdog is leading the fight on it. Jamie, I got to leave it there. Time's against us always, but if you don't know our friend Jamie Court, please do check out consumerwatchdog.org. Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T, like going to court and consumer Watchdog goes to court for consumers. So Jamie Court's the president, but he's got a lot of great colleagues there at ConsumerWatchdog.org. And Jamie, Happy New Year to you. Thanks so much. 2018 could be a grim year, but we're going to be in there fighting with you all the way. Thanks so much. I, uh, I will look forward to being there side by side with you, Norm, but uh, we'll go through uh, fiercely independent. Oh, no. See, he's afraid of us. Oh, no. <laughs> Jamie, the fight continues. See you next week. Thanks, Norm.